0: The all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM.
1: What's
2: up, everyone in Southeast Louisiana? It is Play-By-Play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. We're one day removed from the start of the well really wasn't the start of the work week because you know labor day we weren't actually working but we're two days into the to the traditional five-day work week is what i meant to say and we're ready to rock and roll we've got a fun show coming your way can't wait to talk about everything that happened over the weekend um still a little bit sick but i am feeling much better thanks to everybody for the well wishes over the last couple of days the voice is still aching but we got more energy Feeling better, we're coughing less, sneezing less, all that good stuff. We're on the road to recovery. In 10 minutes or so, we're going to a guy whose football team is not on the road to recovery. That's Kyle Lasang, Ed White. They're not on the road to recovery, but they don't have anything that's ailing them right now. They came off of a 35 to nothing win. Excuse me, over Vanderbilt Catholic on Saturday. Coach Lesang and his crew played exceptionally well. We'll talk with him about that in the next segment of the show. At noon, we've got our weekend Ws and Ls. Then at 12.15, we're going to talk with Brian Colley of South Lafouche. Then at 12.30, Stan Gravall with Terrebonne General for our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview, which is always uh, heard here on Play by Play at the bottom of the show. We'll get your betting picks, then we'll get out of Dodge here on this Tuesday show. Yes, I'm going to talk about LSU. That'll be in the weekend, W's and L's. Yes, I'm going to talk about all the crazy th- things that happened over the weekend. I'll get to that in our W's and our L's. Um... And also throughout the course of the week. But we open by thanking our sponsors then and also talking some high school football. The Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge and Homa. How about industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. New friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off the only all natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's markets feels like home. Golden Motors where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and Community Youth Sports organizations. Our local high school scoreboard for week one. <clears throat> Remember on Friday's show, we told you that Lafayette beat H.L. Bourgeois 56 to 7. We told you that Lutcher beat Thibodeau 62 to 35. And then Highland Baptist beat Homer Christian 20 to 14 on the last play of the game. You know, they're lunging for the goal line, come up a hair short. On Friday, we had a lot of scores from around the area. We start with John Curtis defeating Central Lafouche 43 to nothing. No big surprise there. Curtis is just in a different realm, a different stratosphere than Central Lafouche is. They grab control early, never looked back. John Curtis gets a big win. A big one out in the Homa area, excuse me, that actually was played into the wee hours of Saturday morning because of lightning delays. Let's repaint that picture, by the way. The games in Lafouche, by and large, were able to go off without a hitch. The games in Terrebonne were ravished by lightning. Um lightning delay pushed the start times back to like 10 o'clock. And then when they were finally able to get out on the field, you know, you're playing long season opening games. You're out there until, you know, twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. Uh, they were out there late. Um, Terrabone does defeat South Terrebonne twenty seven to twenty one in a big season opening win for both teams. I've been telling people I think that Terrebonne is a sleeper. I think that they're a team locally that could do some damage. And while I'm not surprised that they won Friday slash Saturday's game, it kind of makes me revisit my thoughts on South Terrebonne. Because look, South Terrebonne was not any good last year. And they're losing their quarterback or lost their quarterback off to college. So I mean, it wasn't like he was just a... run-of-the-mill senior quarterback It was a big-time difference-making senior quarterback. My thoughts and instincts were to say, hey, you know, look, I like Coach Aaron Babb, and I I think he's a really good coach and a really good fit there. My thoughts and my instincts were to say, yeah, it's going to take a a year or two, you know, for him to get things in place. Well, they win in the Jamboree easily, and then they play what I think is a good Terrible team very close and very competitively in the opener. Maybe it's time we, we revisit and, and say that South Terrebonne probably better than what some of us thought they were, or at least better than what I thought they were. This is a team that now I kind of revisit and think, hey, they can make the playoffs. Like They can win four or five games, and they can make the playoffs. But they come up a little bit short against Terrebonne 27-21. to 21. Another local game ravaged by lightning. Helen Cox defeats under 19-6 to six in a game that I'm a little surprised was that defense heavy. I thought this was going to be a shootout. I thought both teams were going to have athletes on the edges, and it was going to be a shootout. Ended up not being the case. It was a defensive struggle. Helen Cox gets the win, and that was another one that started super late, you know, 9, 930, and then didn't end until, you know, almost midnight. Helen Cox gets the win. They improved to 1-0. Eleanor is 0-1. One of the big surprises in the area, and maybe not a surprise in terms of who won, but maybe a surprise in terms of the result. Assumption defeats Donaldsonville 27 to nothing. Um, Donaldsonville has a lot of athletes, man. They're known for being a team that if they put their guys in space, they could give you problems. They had a really good season last fall. And I went into this week one game, not knowing a whole lot about assumption, but you hear some whispers, you know, first year guy, maybe things are, you know, moving pretty quickly out there. And I was kind of down on assumption. I'm not going to lie. I make a top five list of local teams over on my Patreon and I didn't even have them in the initial top five. Well, guess what? Now they're ranked number two right behind E.D. White because they got a 27 to nothing win over Donaldsonville. If you could beat Donaldsonville that decisively, you're doing something right. If you could keep them out of the scoreboard completely, you're doing something right. Assumption made a statement, hey, outside of Lutcher, man, we may be one of the big dogs in our local foray district. A game that you were able to hear right here on 102.7, South Lafourche gets a 57-40 to 40 win over St. Edmund. <coughs> Excuse me. Offense galore. The Tarpons were able to go up and down the field, do whatever they wanted to do. Carson Ogeron had a big day, 250-plus yards passing, 80-plus yards rushing. Abram Berg, Camden Berg, Jacob Kiro, Hayden Collie, all the Tarpon weapons getting touches if I forgot somebody. My bad. Um, South LaFouche was moving the ball at will. Got to give an attaboy and some kudos to that offensive line. They played exceptionally well. The defense, though it looks on paper like, oh, my God, they gave up 40 points. One touchdown was because of a bad snap on a punt, which puts St. Edmund like inside the five to start the drive. The other one was a kick return for a touchdown. So really they gave up, oh, 24, 26 points, something like that. But on the flip side to that, they also returned an interception for a touchdown and forced four turnovers in the game. So Tarpon defense, work in progress, but they held up their end of the bargain and they get a 57 to 40 win in the season opener. Berwick beats Morgan City 45 to eight. Morgan is big bad. A team that's not big bad, Destrahan, they get a 49-0 win over Bonnable. A little bit of a surprise in the local 5A district, but you have Newman beating Hanville 35-14. to Newman has Arch Manning, and, you know, obviously we understand how good of a prospect he is. But it's a little bit rare for a Newman team to go on the road and beat a 5A opponent like that, especially a big-time 5A opponent like that. Historically, they've kind of been lacking a little bit, Um but they get a win. They get a 35-14 to 14 win. And I don't know. It'll be interesting to track and, and, and keep uh, tabs on this throughout the course of the year. Is Hanville maybe just a little bit behind where they usually are? Or is it a situation where Newman's a legit, legitimate state championship contender? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Um, but I just would have thought that up front, especially, Hanville would have maybe been able to have their way, control the ball, you know, beat up on Newman a little bit and be at least closer than that. I mean, they got blitzed at home 35-14. to 14. A score locally to pay attention to, and I mentioned this on the Saturday show. I mentioned this multiple times during the broadcast on Friday night. The mystery team in our local 5A district is always out in reserve. We always know about Destrehan and Hanville. We always know about the Bayou Region teams. We never know about East St. John until the season starts. Play some evil villain music. Play some dramatic, you know, horror movie music. The beasts are back. East St. John gets a 28-20 win over St. James in the opener. East St. John is usually a team that historically starts maybe a little slow and then turns on the Jets around October and gets hot towards the end of the season. If they're beating St. James right out of the gate, 28-20, but this is a St. James team that is expected to be pretty strong, look out. Not to say that they're going to beat Destrahan and you know, go undefeated and win the district, but for our Bayou Region teams, look out. They're not going to be a ball of wax. They're going to be very difficult to take down on any given Friday night. They get a huge season opening 28-20 win over St. James to kick things off. Then a game that was scheduled for Friday that was postponed to Saturday because of lightning concerns in the area. You got E.D. White getting a 35 to nothing win over Vanderbilt. Um, E.D. White's ridiculous. We'll have their football coach, Kyle, Sang, on in the next segment. <laughs> Defensively, they still don't give up points. Offensively, they were running it At will throughout Vanderbilt's defense. And oh, yeah, now they're getting more comfortable throwing it. Sternfels was hitting passes. Lafont had a couple of touchdowns. Um, If this is a team that could diversify their offense a little bit, and when it's third and four, third and five, they get more proficient and can start hitting some of those passes down the field, oh, everybody's in big trouble. Because last year, that was the thing that did ED White in, right? They had a 10th grader quarterback. You know, he was, he was, Not to say nervous or scared. Like I'm not trying to demean the kid. He just wasn't proficient. They really, really protected him. They didn't want him to make any mistakes. Towards the end of the season, they trusted him a little more. But that youth was always kind of in the back of your mind. Now with a full season of experience, they're letting him go a little bit and they're seeing some results. If they could start throwing it too on top of everything else that they do well, oh my goodness. And then they put in Matthew Milosov for a couple of plays on offense tossing him the ball in some sweeps, and he's just breaking it. Oh, man, that that's a good football team. I don't think Vanderbilt's a bad football team. I just think E.D. White is an exceptionally good football team in our local 3A district. They're going to make a run in Division II again. Mark it down. They're going to make a run. They're going to be in position again in that bracket to try to make a push for the championship. And, of course, we had CCA and Thrive Academy. They canceled their game because of the weather. That's our Week 1 Round up and score update or whatever you want to call it. We're going to do that every Monday on play-by-play Play to recap. Well, it's not Monday, but you get what I'm saying. The first show of every week to recap and break down all of the action that we saw in the previous week. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Kyle Asang, his victorious Cardinals cruise past rival Vanderbilt. We'll chat with him about that in the next segment here on 102.7 FM, KLEB, and also 1600 AM, KLEB.
3: Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow.
7: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rousers Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store.
1: the 2003 national championship with coach Nick Saban. Tiger Rag magazine was there. The 2007 national championship with coach Les Miles. Tiger Rag magazine was there. And the undefeated season of the 2019 national championship with coach Ed Orgeron. Tiger Rag was there with coverage from the practice field to the hoisting of the trophy. But in all these years of LSU sports moments, there has never been a more exciting time to be a Tiger fan than now. A new era has arrived at Tiger Stadium. Coach Brian Kelly has arrived in Baton Rouge with aspirations of grasping the one thing thing. that has eluded his illustrious career, a national championship.
8: It takes hard work. It takes a commitment.
1: Tiger Rag Magazine will be there every step of the way as Coach Kelly attempts to solidify his status in Louisiana immortality. Follow each moment with Tiger Rag Magazine on newsstands now online at tigerrag.com.
6: What does the Weatherbug app tell you?
3: My commute will be a doozy
2: today.
6: Pack my allergy meds.
2: Lightning, pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket.
6: With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug tells you more of what you need to know to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose Weatherbug.
7: Maybe it's a commute to the couch day.
6: Download the Weatherbug app today for free.
0: Always on the run and short on cash. With a State Bank & Trust Company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any State Bank & Trust location for all the details. State Bank & Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. Member FDIC.
2: Welcome back to play-by-play play here. We made the effort to get Coach Kyla saying it's a school day out there. Who knows? Something may have come up. Student may have you know, gotten in trouble. He may have pulled an extra lunch duty, whatever it may be. We got his voicemail. We're going to try to get him later in the show, but that will allow us to talk some LSU in this segment. You guys have been waiting for this since Sunday. I know a lot of folks have been texting me saying, man, I can't wait to hear you talk about the LSU game. The Tigers fell 24-23 to against Florida State on Sunday in the Dome. In a game that was a thriller. Came down to the final play. LSU scores on the last play of regulation. Kicks the extra point. Extra point gets blocked. Florida State wins 24-23. to couple of things right out of the gate. Let's get this out of the way. <clears throat> right out from the jump. LSU had no business winning Sunday's game. They got outplayed for uh, the first 55 or so minutes. And yeah, they did turn on the Jets late but they had no business being in that game. Florida state made some big mistakes that could have potentially put the game away earlier, missed a field goal, went far on a fourth down inside the 10, like a bunch of clowns and they should have taken the points, um, made some mistakes there that allowed LSU into the game and allowed them to have a chance to potentially steal the game. Let's talk about some of the things that went right. Some of the things that went wrong, some of the things that went right. I thought Jaden Daniels was actually pretty good. Um, a lot of LSU fans I see on on Twitter and social media or whatever blaming the kid. Man, you guys have not watched much football if you're blaming him. Jaden Daniels I thought was very proficient. I thought he played with guts. I thought he had an opportunity to um, win the game for his team. 209 yards passing on 26 of 35 throwing, 114 yards rushing. You figure nine incompletions in the game out of 35 passes. Probably about four or five of those nine were dropped. So it could have just as easily been 30 of 35 or something of the sort. That's without a running game because the Tigers didn't even really try to run the football. That's without any type of blocking up front. LSU's offensive line was piss poor and was one of the low spots of the game. More about that later. So I thought Daniels was fine. He made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. He was great throughout the game and really late, you know, First LSU start, a minute to go. You're down seven. Got to go 99 yards in just a minute. Led them all the way down the field and scored a touchdown. Are you kidding me? I thought Daniels was, was exceptional. That was one of the bright spots of the game. Another bright spot of the game is LSU didn't give up, right? Under Coach O, at times last year, when the first sign of adversity hit, the entire house of cards collapsed. I remember the game against Kentucky It was the same way. Game against Ole Miss was the same way. You fall behind 7, 10 points, and then before you know it, you're down 30 points because the guys just gave up. And be it because they knew that the coach was a lame duck. Like, I'm not blaming Coach Ogeron. I'm just saying last year was a different situation. The, the team would quit routinely. This year, you're down 24 to 10 and 17 to 3, and you keep battling. You keep fighting. You keep fighting, and you give yourself a chance at the end. That's positive to see. That buy-in of the locker room, that's positive to see. Now let's talk about some of the negatives. <clears throat> Keishon Boutte or Boutte, whatever you want your name to be, you've got to figure out, young man. Do you want to be part of this football team or not? And if the answer is eh, maybe, then the answer is actually no. I don't want to be part of it. Boutte, Boutte, whatever his name is today, was a train wreck on Sunday. Two catches, twenty yards. And it wasn't because of anything Florida State was doing because he was open four or five times throughout the course of the game and was just dropping the football. There was one play in the second half where it's like a seven-yard little hitch. They throw it to Boutte and he just dropped it, clean dropped it. There was another play in the red zone where he's running like a slant and the ball hits him in the chest and he's not even looking because he's trying to not get hit without even realizing that the ball was coming his way. First drive of the game, LSU wins the toss, LX to receive. Throw a long fade to the back of the end zone to him. He's got it in his hands. And he can't you know, complete the catch through the ground. Other you know, missteps and just not good play. Young man, I want you to be part of this program. But if you don't want to be, then, then bye-bye. Adios. Good luck in the NFL. Here's the thing about guys who opt out. Jamar Chase, Derek Stingley. They opted out after proving that they were amongst the best players in the country. The best season that Keyshawn Boutte has had at LSU is a 735-yard receiving season. Last year, you had 509 yards receiving, kid. For your entire two seasons in one game, you have 1,264 yards for your career. Jamar Chase opted out after having more yards than that, 16 1,700 yards in one season. In one season, you still need this football team. You still need the college level to blossom your skills, kid. Get your mind right. Have a good rest of the season, dude. Because, bro, they need you. And you need them, too. Offensive line play. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. You can't even make an attempt to run the football throughout the course of the game because they were getting swallowed whole by the Florida State defensive line embarrassing. Now let's go over to the other side of the ball. Defensively. I actually thought the LSU front four played pretty well. They were eating up blockers. They weren't getting thrown back, Thought they played pretty well where the problems defensively came in. LSU has maybe the worst linebacker core that I've ever seen in the history of the school. Um, I don't know what they're trying to prove on that side. I don't know what the intent is. I don't know what you know the goals are. You're running two linebackers right now. West Weeks is playing a lot out there. Mike Jones is playing out a lot out there. Mike Jones had two tackles. West Weeks and one. LSU's three leading tacklers were defensive backs. So what we saw and and. You guys watched the game just like I did, so you saw this all the same as me. The offensive line and defensive line were colliding. The defensive line was eating up the blocks, holding the blocks. The offensive line wasn't getting into the next level. The running back would kind of get stuck up and bottled up like one or two yards across the line of scrimmage. And then that's where you need a linebacker like a Devin White to just come and declete the running back and end the play right there one-yard gain, second and nine. That wouldn't happen. So he would just keep stumbling forward and forward and forward and forward, get six, seven yards, and then yeah, eventually a safety would come in, Jay Ward or you know Major Burns would come in and clean up the play and finish it off. That can't happen. Your defensive line is eating up space and and doing everything right, and they're not giving up a hole. The guy's stuck up at the line of scrimmage. You got to finish that play. You got to tackle his ass and get him on the ground. Because if you give up four or five extra yards every play over the course of a game, that's going to be a whole football field's worth of yards you're going to give up before it's all said and done. The tackling for LSU and the linebackers was atrocious. Atrocious. That's got to get better. Where is Micah Baskerville? Micah Baskerville was a starting linebacker last season and was actually really good. Didn't play a lick on Sunday. Where is he? Why is he not playing? Why is he not out there? This is a guy who returned to LSU after having a pretty good season last year, especially in the back end of the season. He had a 12-tackle game against Arkansas, a 7-tackle game against Alabama. Those are games where LSU shut down pretty good offenses. Now all of a sudden he can't even see the field because who, Mike Jones, got to be on the field missing tackles? Come on, man, we got to do better than that. The back end, the secondary, was a little bit shaky at times, but I I always suspected that they would be. That's a bunch of new guys. That's a whole bunch of transfers and communication, different things of the sort. Now, special teams play. <clears throat> I ask coaches just about every interview about special teams on this show. People roll their eyes. Oh, why are you wasting time asking about that? This is why. In the special teams phase on Sunday, LSU did the following. Had a field goal get blocked, shanked a punt, dropped two punts, had an extra point get blocked, and had an unsportsmanlike taunting penalty or like late hit penalty on a kickoff that was a touchback. None of those things should happen ever during the course of a season. They all happened for LSU in the course of one game. That's got to get better it has got to get better. Now, with that having been said, there are a lot of people who are already yelling and screaming, oh, Brian Kelly's soft. He, you know, he's sending them back to Notre Dame. He never won the big one. Da, 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 da. All the little side comments that are being made by everyone. Y'all, Nick Saban lost the game to UAB at LSU. Les Miles blew a 21-point lead in his second-ever game at LSU and lost to a bad Tennessee team at home. Bebe lost to Troy. Just because LSU lost this game does not mean that the tenure of Brian Kelly is or isn't going to be successful. I don't know that LSU is going to be all that proficient this season. He took over a roster with 36 scholarship players or 37 scholarship players, whatever that number is pieced it all together with a bunch of transfers and is trying to re-recruit his way back to buildings in depth. He understands what the issues are. If you go back and you listen to his press conference at the end of Sunday's game, he understands what the issues are. Y'all, Yo, if you're expecting a um, McDonald's Happy Meal fix where you pull into the drive-thru window and five seconds later you got it and you're not hungry anymore, I'm sorry. That's not just. That's just not the way this is going to work. This is going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a season or two. Now, if LSU, towards the middle of next season, is still doing stupid stuff like this, yeah, yeah, it's time to start having some serious conversations. But I don't think that's going to be the case. So everybody, just relax, man. You got three straight home games coming up against Southern Mississippi State and New Mexico. You would like to win all three. Though I will be the first to concede, the Mississippi State game two Saturdays from now is likely going to be a dogfight, and that could potentially be another one you're going to lose. But if you could get to 3-1, and you could steal all the games on that homestand, just kind of get the ship steady back a little bit. Don't give up all the way just yet. It's one thing to understand that you're not at the level of Alabama or Georgia or whatever it may be. It's another thing to understand it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I'm not off the Brian Kelly train right now. Hell, I think it's impressive that a team of his – they got outplayed as badly as they did on Sunday, actually had a chance to win. That is actually a little bit in, in, inspiring to me to see how hard the team played throughout the course of the game. Now let's see where the rest of the season goes. You've left your The goal of any coach on any given season is to take your team from day one, make them better in the last day. The starting point is awfully low. Let's see how much better they can improve and get better throughout the course of the year. And I think the answer that we're going to see is, is they're, going to, they're going to get much better than what we realize. Starting Saturday against Southern, it's play by play. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to give our weekend Ws and Ls. Then we'll get to Coach 12 twelve fifteen. Stand at twelve thirty. It's play by play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
3: guaranteed
1: hello friends and family taylor griffin here back again to talk about do friend building materials did you know that we have a new updated online order system called do easy buy come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
3: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three-and-two-stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville and Reserve.
7: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store and you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home.
6: Want to become a certified babysitter? Terrebonne General Health System is excited to offer Super Sitter Classes. Participants will learn first aid and CPR along with safety, business and basic childcare skills. Classes are for ages 11 to 15 and will be held at Terrebonne general upon completion of the program students will receive a two-year american red cross babysitter cpr first aid certification our summer sessions are about to kick off for class schedules and prices or to register call 985-850-6204 or visit tghealthsystem.com your
0: life is mobile so is your bank As a State Bank and Trust Company account holder, you can check your balances, view transactions, transfer funds, and pay bills anywhere or anytime with State Bank and Trust Company's online banking or mobility app. Call or stop by any State Bank and Trust location for all the details. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC.
1: Wrestling has won.
2: Royal Family. It makes me so happy to know that as I'm playing this intro song, which is Cody Rhodes' theme music. The guy on the phone lines right now actually knows what song this is and is actually probably a fan of it. We go to Ed White, football coach, Coach Kyle is saying, "Good afternoon, buddy. How are you?"
8: I'm doing really well,
2: Coach. You guys opened up your regular season with a flurry. Uh, You played very, very well. Defeated Vanderbilt 35 to nothing. A lot of the damage was done in the first half. Then kind of grinded it down in the second half. How do you thought you guys performed, man?
8: Um, I thought you know, obviously uh, the start to the game. Um, pretty much dictated by our defense getting a turnover uh and then getting a the three and out and getting the, getting us the ball you know past the 50 offensively po- punched in for 14 points right off the bat and then um kind of able to take a breath and know uh, i thought we played well for the rest of that half um, we, we looked at the film we, we got some things that we need to clean up but I thought we played well for that first half. And then the second half, we were able to get a lot of kids on the field and get some experience, uh, not all young kids, but some older kids that are not starters for us. We saw some time, uh, able to play two quarterbacks, two fullbacks, um, slotbacks, got a lot of reps, uh, offensive linemen rotated in, and then defensively we were rolling a lot of kids in the second half. So it was really uh, productive for us um, on Saturday.
2: One of the things that I said earlier in the show is that, man, like you guys looked more comfortable throwing it. And I know that was a point of emphasis in the offseason. Like you guys are never going to be a run and shoot team, but if you got to throw it, you need to be able to. And it looked like you guys were more comfortable out there doing so.
8: Yeah, we did. We we have some things that we think we can take advantage of depending on what they're doing to us on defense. Uh, we saw their, their safety kind of running downhill as soon as we go in motion. And uh, I told Grant, let's, let's try to throw it over the head and, Uh, We hit a big, long pass for uh, a touchdown to uh, Paxton LaFont. And then, um, um, you know, they played off of us pretty much the rest of the night. And so we throw it in front of them. And uh, Paxton made another good move, uh, scored another touchdown for us. And I think we finished, um, you know, like 9 for 11, um, which is where we're comfortable being um, some some nights going to be a little more than that. Some nights it's probably going to be fewer than that, just dictated by what we see uh, from them defensively. But it's good. It was encouraging to know that we had two kids that could throw the ball. We got some kids that can throw, can catch it, uh, and we got a little threat to go deep on you. So uh, I was very satisfied with how we protected the quarterback, how we threw it, and then running game. I think we got some things we need to improve on. But um, from an offensive standpoint. It was pretty productive, um, but all of that again was dictated by how well we played on defense.
2: Bro, you guys were like about ready to start on Friday, like as close as you could get to starting, and then you get put back yeah. in the, on the bus again and get told to go home. Uh, yeah. That's got to be tough, man. Talk about. I mean, you get them all amped up, they're all fired up, they're on the right mindset, and then okay, nope, we're not playing today. Talk about the way you guys approach that.
8: Yeah, seriously, I, I was I was worried about how we would come back on Saturday. Um, I think it was the right decision to, to move it to Saturday. We had we'd gotten our kids, you know, at 3 o'clock. Uh, we ate pregame meal at about 3.15, got on the bus, went there, uh, got on the field, did all our taping and stuff like that, warmed up. We're really probably 20 minutes from game time, um, got shut down, got sent under shelter, Then got told, all right, 30 minutes from now, so we let our kids rest for just a moment. Then we got them back up, got them warmed up again. Then got told, all right, pushing them back again. Uh, At that time, we were like, man, our kids are starting to dehydrate. They haven't eaten since 315. We took the pads off. We warmed up one more time. And as soon as we started warming up one more time and lightning started cracking again, I think it was the right decision because we were planning on an eight fifteen start. And then when the lightning hit, now it was going to be, you know, it was going to be eight forty at least. Um, and, you know, that, that it was getting into the situation where it was going to be dangerous for for kids to be out there. And so um, uh, we made the decision. Uh, we thought it was going to rain a lot on Saturday and thought it was going to be really sloppy, but it turned out not, not, not to. So. Turn out to be a, a really good football game for us on Saturday.
2: I couldn't help as I was watching it on YouTube, you know, see that you guys had a huge crowd. There it was standing room only on that visitor side, bro. Y'all packed the place, and I know that that mattered, man. Look, I mean, hey, the, the kids feed off of that stuff, especially coming off of a little bit of emotional letdown on Friday.
8: It always matters. We uh, we have a tremendous student section, um, very very supportive, very loud. Uh, I just know from from my perspective because we we sold advance sale tickets here last week um, and we sold we we just did it as a courtesy for Vanderbilt but we probably sold close to 900 tickets just to our own people um, before game time so you I was a little concerned that that people wouldn't come back on Saturday but uh, our side was pretty packed and uh, it was a good environment for our kids. Obviously, you know, a little bit of a rivalry there. that was extra to get excited about. So I, I thought that our crowd was something that our kids fed off of. Our kids played with a lot of emotion, and I thought we were ready to play. I, I just saw a focus not getting overly excited before a game and just draining yourself of energy, but really focused and ready to play, um, not overly excited, not too down. And uh, but once it started, man, there was some emotion on the field, uh, especially early.
2: You said that you liked the way that your defense played, man. And I was watching it last night. You guys were throwing them back, making great tackles, doing all the Ed White stuff defensively. You guys really, really balled out, man.
8: Look, man, it was a very scary situation when you when you face those guys. You got Jalen Coleman in the backfield, very talented kid. You don't know how our kids are going to react to that. I was very concerned about kicking the ball to him. Uh, so special teams—you don't want to give up a big return. But um, I, I got it. If I, you know, I'm not—I'm not meaning to single out any one particular person, but uh, Malonso at free safety made a difference. Um, there were some times where maybe Coleman got the edge. Malonso ran it down. Um, there were some times where things got turned back to Malonso and made plays. I just was, um, you know, when, when you lose Ethan Lee from last year's team, and you know that's really the backbone of your defense. First time out for Matt, I thought was an excellent showing at free safety. So, um, if we continue to play like that, I think we got a chance to be pretty good. Thought we covered pretty well, and then put pressure on their kid. Uh, he, you know, it, it was coming from everywhere, and you, you can tell he was a little rattled at times. And, and that's what you want to do is spread quarterbacks and not not let them know where you're coming from and then run the ball down when you have a chance and uh, we did that so I, I was very happy with our defense um, even though we had several new people out there
2: man, you know you talked about the Molasa kid and he's he's amazing, as you said at safety. if you guys were to decide and and this is not going to happen, but if ever you guys would have decided hey, Let's just use him as like a slide guy or running back. Like he could be all state there too. You guys are tossing the ball. He's making plays all over the field.
8: Absolutely. He could be a returner. He and he is a returner for us. Um if we had him on offense and he touched the ball ten, fifteen times a game, he would he would be really productive for us there. Um and a lot of people say that. Why, why is he not on offense? And, and gradually, as he gets more comfortable at free safety, he will he'll ex, we'll expand the role for him on offense. But just a real threat. I mean, just um, speed to start with, um, great vision, um, good instincts as a football player. So I, I think, you know, we'll gradually give him more touches. Um, he, you know, he's our best football player. Athletically, he's our best football player and we would use him wherever we need to uh, need be. Um, I'm very happy with our slot backs. And probably got four to six kids that, that we could put there, but Matt just gives you something a little bit different.
2: Taking on Hannon on Friday, at your home opener. What do you know about them, man?
8: Uh, really, really well, coached. We we played them two years ago in the um, – probably it was – quarterfinals or something like that. We played them at uh, Southeastern Louisiana uh, University. And um, at the time, you know, they were really, really, uh, uh, really good football team. Uh, Last year they were down a little bit. But uh, you see some experience coming back for them. They play really, really hard um, and got some talent on defense. They they run around pretty well. So uh, it's going to be a physical football game, kind of like it was against Vanderbilt. And um, a lot, they do some things on offense that are different than the things that normal spread teams will do. They they will throw every kind of screen pass that you can imagine. We're going to have to be disciplined on, on defense and um, and kind of uh, have to look out for that kind of thing. But um, I think I, I like the way we're playing. I like where we are. We we had several injuries um, last Friday, and there's kind of there's going to be some game time decisions on a lot of our kids, but um, we're going to go play physical football and and see how it works.
2: Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time, man.
8: Thank you, man. Appreciate it.
2: Yep. Yep. That is Coach Kyle was saying with E.D. White. Um, They're good. (laughs) My goodness, they're good. They're one of the local – not one of. They're probably the local lead dog, and we'll see how far they could chase it. They've got a home matchup with Hannon and then a matchup with Assumption and Woodlawn. Those would be some big ones for them. Let's catch a break when we get back. Coach Brian Colley, South LaFouche High School, will be joining us to talk about things going on over in Tarpon Land. The Tarpons are 1-0 in football and are also playing some pretty damn good volleyball, too. wax will about all of that in the next segment of the show here on KLEB. You're
0: listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. The music on the bayou, the all-new Raging Cajun 102.7 FM.
3: Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and
5: tomorrow.
7: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouses Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rouses Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouses Market's personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouses Market. It's views like home.
4: El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse, Highway 1 and Raceland, features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials, Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. You can depend on a Mueller
7: metal roof.
10: We were fortunate enough to be able to build a house on family land and we've really enjoyed being out here.
7: We couldn't ask for a better place
0: to raise our boys.
10: Our home builder I don't believe had ever had an experience with working with Mueller and had nothing but great things to say about the company, about the process.
7: Everybody was professional.
10: If anybody mentions the word metal, we say we know a guy and give them the phone number to Mueller.
7: Find out more at Muellerinc.com.
2: South LaVouche football team is 1 and 0 on the 2022 football season with a 57 the farting win over St. Edmund. We go to the phone lines now and have our broadcast partner, our color analyst for our coverage of Tarpon Athletics, Coach Brian Colley, who's on the line now. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you?
11: Good afternoon, Kiss. doing well. How are you doing?
2: Good, good. The Tarpons get a 17 point win in the opener. It was a one point game going to the fourth quarter, but grab control in the final 12 minutes and get to 1 and 0. There was some good, there was some bad, but I'm sure B.J. Young is happy that, heck, they got the first one out of the gate.
11: Yeah, uh, whenever you come away with a victory, uh, especially week one, you know you're going to be happy. kind of sets the tone for your season. Uh, the next week at practice, you got a little more pep in your step. So, yeah, it's all, uh, all around good for the Tarpons.
2: So, tell us about that. Um, I know B.J. said last week you know they were going to look to start practicing before school. Did they do that, or did they kind of look at the forecast and see that maybe it's going to be a little cooler this week and backed off of that? What's the practice plan for this week?
11: Uh, they, they went this morning. They, uh, they came in yesterday afternoon with Labor Day. Uh, and had a morning practice, and they came in this morning. I think we had the kids here at four thirty this morning, so it was a very very early morning for those guys. And uh, I'm not sure of the uh, the schedule for tomorrow but I would think they would come back in the morning again. But you're right. I spoke with Coach Young, and I told him, you know, they, uh, well, with, uh, one of the assistant coaches in town said, take a look at the forecast because there's not – and the train also spoke with – and there's not a, a day this week where it's forecast to be up in the 90s and the upper 80s. So I don't know if that would make a difference with the heat index and all. But today seems a little cloudy where they possibly could have gotten – a practice in today but you never know with the with the rain and the lightning so uh they came this morning and got their work in
2: you know one of the things that was so impressive about friday's game is just how explosive the tarpon offense still is man you replace just about everything off of last season and you come back and you score 57 and you really don't have any issues moving the ball they ran it they threw it they made plays um man it was really awesome to see that group they had a whole lot of fun and they were very exciting to watch
11: yeah, you just plug in different kids into these spots. And uh, they were most of them were on the bench just watching, waiting their turn, and they're getting their turn and they're producing. I mean, uh, you got a new running back in there, uh, Abram Berg, who's a tough nose runner. We've been talking about uh, all that the last few weeks. And Camden Berg's a receiver that gets in there, does a good job. Jacob Curell, Hayden There You got Luke Sanamo out there. Didn't catch a pass thrown to him, but, he, uh, you know, they're blocking and. They're doing uh, a lot of things well after they catch the ball. They're making people miss and picking up extra yards, a yardage, which seems to be a a good thing for them.
2: Coach, the Tarpon defense, it's easy to just kind of look at the score and say, oh, man, defense must be bad. They gave up 40 points. But really there's more to it than that. I talked in the first segment of the show, you know, hey, there was a kick return, there was a bad snap on a punt. They kind of gave them 14 points. And then also you got to look at hey the defense forced four turnovers at a pick six and like throughout the course of the game I thought they played better as the game went on.
11: Yes, no doubt defense played better, much better. And the thing is they're in position to make plays. They're just gonna have to make these plays. And uh, you're right, uh, defense uh, definitely took a step up uh, this this week.
2: Now you got to take on Thibodeau, which is going to be a big challenge. You saw Thibodeau firsthand on Thursday. Uh, they've got an explosive offense they've got a great playmaking quarterback it's going to be a big challenge finally get a chance to go up there to Thibodeau and face them been trying to go up the bay for a couple years now the game would always get postponed or washed out um but it'd be a good test for the tarpons
11: yeah, well, it will would be a good test it's a it's a, a game they could win now I, you know they're not going up there just to say oh, you know let's just play the game and come away with a uh you know with a with a loss i think the tarpons will have confidence going into that game and it's a game they can win. But to do that, they're going to have to play well. Thibodeau has athletes all over the field. They, uh, I think they're very sound on the offense and defensive lines. The defensive line, they really get after you. Uh, they're aggressive. The linebackers, I think, are a little aggressive. And if the Torpots can get just a little push on that line, they might be able to get some uh, big holes up in the middle and uh, you know, create some good situations for them.
2: When you're facing an explosive quarterback like Rodriguez, it's so difficult to game plan because, look, he can run, but he breaks out of the pocket, and he's not necessarily looking to run because he's keeping his eyes down the field looking to throw a bomb. So as a defensive back, man, one of the big points of emphasis this week is going to be if you see the quarterback dancing out there, stay tied to your receiver because, man, you could get beat deep if not.
11: Yeah, and I think it's going to be a great offensive game. I think uh, on both sides, I think. Uh, have the potential to move the football. And, uh, you know, Ian Rodriguez is so impressive. Uh, just from we saw him a couple of years ago and they took it to us over here uh, when he was a sophomore, I believe. And uh, now, you know, he comes in and a senior and he's ready to go. And he's uh, developed as a quarterback extremely well. He likes to run, but he's uh, a passer first. He definitely wants to throw the ball first. But if his receivers are not open, uh, he'll definitely take up off uh, the field and go, and I think Coach Dugan does a great job of spreading the field out and that spread offense. And he gets the ball to his athletes in space. And at times, the quarterback with Roderick, they can pick and choose when to run him, and uh, they just do a great job of it. And Tarpons are definitely gonna have to be uh be ready to play.
2: Lady Tarpon volleyball is six and two on the season. They went to the Assumption tournament this past weekend, finished three and two on the weekend. Look. Lady Tarpin started the season three, you know, they beat CCA, Kenner Discovery, Health Science, and Riverdale. And I'm not going to lie, I was like, okay, you know, those are that's some nice wins, but I'd like to see, you know, how they compare to some of the other local teams. Well, at the Assumption Tournament, they blasted South Terrebonne and then blasted HL Bourgeois. So, like, they're showing, hey, they're not just getting wins against, you know, little smaller schools, whatever. They could hang with the big dogs locally, too. They're 6-2. and two, They're playing awfully well. Man, got to shout them girls out.
11: Yeah, and no. look... Uh again, we talked all summer you know we knew the volleyball team was going to come in and have a good season, and I think uh, with this announcement's going on uh this week's gonna be a uh, a good good uh test for' them. We have uh Saint Charles Catholic today, and I believe it's terrible on tomorrow, so that's two big games for them, and we'll see how we match up against some uh typically some better uh volleyball schools.
2: And swim team will begin today at home, weather permitting, at the Ute Center, correct?
11: That's correct, yep. Swim team gets kicked off today. And I believe cross-country is uh, possibly, I think, this Saturday, their first meet.
2: Okay, very good. So, let's talk a little bit about LSU for a second before we go. The Tigers play on Sunday, and it didn't go all that well. You know, the final few minutes were okay until the missed extra point. Man, on the one hand, it's disappointing you lose to Florida State. On the other hand, we all kind of knew there would be a little ways to go. I liked the fight that LSU played with. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, this is not very deep. They're not tackling very well. They've got a long, long way to go.
11: Yeah, they do right now. What's disappointing if you're a Tiger fan is you waited all offseason for that performance. And when you look at it, Florida State, you had more heart, more discipline, more uh, their, uh, an attitude was better. I think they had better coaching and ended up having more points into the game. It's just uh, it, the Tigers came out flat, and we talked about on Saturday show, you know, uh, Brian Kelly's kind of just going to sit back and let his his coaches coach, and you kind of saw some of that where he just they they showed him on the sideline a lot of times just looking like in a stare and a daze almost, but uh, I, that's how he was with Notre Dame, too. He's letting his, his guys coach, and He's not the rah rah coach that's going to be up and uh, uh, jumping up and down. You know, Florida State's coach was kind of uh, uh, a lot different than what Brian Kelly was. But uh, it's just a disappointing effort that the Tigers gave, especially when you're waiting all off season to see what was going to happen and they come up and and play that way.
2: Saints open their season on Sunday against Atlanta. It's a game they're supposed to win, but that usually means that it's a game that the Saints will struggle in. Are you worried about Atlanta in the opener, bro? Oh, every
11: yes. I mean, you don't know what the Saints are going to do. Uh, you know, some season they look like Super Bowl champs in the, in the preseason, and they come. I remember one year their defense was, I mean, flying all, all over the field in preseason. They come and lay an egg during the season. So you never know what the Saints, what you're going to get, and especially with the new coaching staff. And you know, uh, it's, uh, it, yeah, I'm worried about it. You, and, you know, it's Atlanta. I don't think they're as good as. They've been they've been down the last few years, but uh, there's no telling with the Saints.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. The Saints are five and a half point favorite. I'm not touching that with a ten foot no, pole. Yeah, no. I'm not touching that with no
6: 10 way. Foot pole.
2: Um, very quickly no before way. we let you go, bro, uh, a couple of keys for South Lafous on Friday night. What are some things they got to do well?
11: Uh, stay ahead of the change, number one. Uh, make sure you control the line of scrimmage, uh, no turnovers. And when you get these athletes from Thibodeau in space, you're going to have to make some open field tackles and, and, and corral them up. If not, uh, they can be running for a while.
2: Beautiful. Thanks so much for the time, buddy.
11: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good
2: one. Yep. That is Coach Brian Colley with South LaFouche High School doing a good job, as always. Look, got to shout out the Lady Tarpon Volleyball Program. They are playing very well. Um, I plan to make it to one of their matches real, real soon. Get some pictures, all that good stuff. Show some support to them. Let's catch a break when we get back. It's Tuesday. It's Bone General Tuesday. We're going to Stan Grava. We're talking about everything happening in the world of sports. We'll be right back after this.
9: The music on the bayou, the Rage in Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM.
7: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store. And you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets. Feels like home.
6: Looking to achieve a healthier lifestyle but have little time? The Terrebonne General Executive Health Program can improve your overall health for a lifetime in one visit. With little to no waiting, you get a whole year of wellness in one convenient location. Our preventative screenings increase your well-being by providing early detection against illness. With exceptional VIP service, you leave with a plan in hand to achieve a healthier lifestyle tailored for you. Call the Terabone General Executive Health Team at 985-850-6204 today.
2: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on KLEB. Casey, just clear here we go to the phone lines. For the final time today, it's Tuesday. Let's go to our Terrebonne General Tuesday with Mr. Stan Gravois. Stan, good afternoon, man. How are you?
12: Hey, Casey. Doing well. Doing well.
2: Yes, sir. Same here. Uh, we are one week into the high school football season. We broke down a lot of it on Saturday's show. Um, but for those who maybe didn't catch it or for those who are just, you know, you know, wanting more high school talk, what were some of the takeaways from week one, man? I mean, obviously – we know E.D. White is still really good, right? They got a dominant win over Vanderbilt. Terra squeaked one out. Assumption played well. South Fuchs played pretty well. We learned that Lutcher was a behemoth. What are some of your takes away from week one? Well,
12: uh, it, a lot of it is kind of, I think, what I thought it might be. You're right about uh, E.D. White, though. They were dominant in that one, went in 35 to nothing at halftime and sort of cruising in the second half of that one. Uh from what I understand, because I did not stay all the way till the end of the Terrebonne-South Terrebonne game. South Terrebonne had two opportunities to win that game. They uh, missed the field goal. Well, they actually got the field goal blocked. Isn't that a little reminiscent of what happened on Sunday night? And then uh, they also had the ball going in to score at the very end of the game and just a a decision that wasn't very good right at the end of the game by the quarterback cost them an opportunity to score. So... You know, I, I thought the athleticism of Terrebonne might sort of wear on South Terrebonne a little bit, but uh, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe South Terrebonne's got something going there a little bit. Uh, Central LaFouche, listen, I realize everybody's going to look at that final score with Curtis, and but that team is a much-improved team. I think that's a team that, you know, this this week when they play Vanderbilt Catholic, we're going to find out more about them. But uh, from just an overall viewpoint, I thought maybe a little bit better for that team than what we maybe were going to expect this year. So watch out, you know. I mean, you, you, you go in cycles, and there comes a point in time where things get back up. And I think that uh, Central LaFouche is sort of on that upswing now. Yeah. Uh, Things that, you know, I I I think we knew that the Tarpons were going to be a well-coached team, and they went out there and did what they wanted to do offensively. So, yeah, I think it played out sort of like we did. I'd have loved to have seen Homer Christian win right at the end of that game, because those kids certainly deserve it. But I think they're sort of playing good football, too. And uh, if you saw them the last couple of years, it wasn't very competitive. At least it's competitive now. So uh, that's sort of all we can ask for. I, I will say this. I think when it comes to both the five a level and the four a level in our area it's it's I think we know who those teams are. I think besterhand <laughs> you know is gonna be your team, and I think maybe East St John is right there on the fringes and by the end of the year, I'm sure Hornville will be a little bit better and then when you go to four a you know heck it is it's gonna be Lutcher, and everybody's gonna be chasing down Lutcher. And who knows with assumption, because we thought they were going to be a little bit down, but then they go out and play Donaldsonville. I know Donaldsonville's athletic. I just don't know how good they are. So uh, we talked about this last week. Maybe we need to give it two or three weeks just to make sure what we're seeing. But as it stood this first weekend, I think it's pretty much what we thought we would see.
2: I had Kyle on earlier today, and he was mentioning, like, look, we were 8 of 11 passing, hit a couple of long passes down the field, and another short one, then they broke long. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if anybody who's not familiar and just listens to these shows and follows the scores, Edy plays like a service academy, like Navy, like they run like a triple option style offense. If they could start combining some passing with that, with the defense, oh, my Lord, But they are starting to get there. The quarterback's a little more mature. They got some receivers. They're starting to stretch the field a little bit. And, man, 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 man that makes them scary.
12: It does, and I sat in the end zone, and it's kind of interesting because sometimes when you sit in the end zone, you get like that that overall picture, that all twenty-two shot of how the blocking schemes are and what happens, and they they'll fool you now. You know, you'll you'll think, especially after Dietrich run the ball, run the ball, and then they got a Worthington kid and a Dewey kid who I was very impressed with, who are on the wings now, and it was just sort of methodical, and then all of a sudden, he pulls the ball out the gut, and he throws it out there. I think it's a LaFont kid, and the young man caught a pass for a touchdown, and he sort of ran by where I was sitting, and I noticed how big he is. This kid's got to be at least 6'1", 6'2", and I thought, what what a great asset to have this, in addition to what you had with the run game last year. Uh, They are just They are, you know, one of those things you always hope you get from an offense, whether it's high school or even a higher level, is that they have some kind of trait. You know what they are. Well, you know what Vanderbilt is. And I'm going to tell you what, they do it exceptionally well. Uh, That defense, especially the defensive line, we keep on saying everything starts with the line of scrimmage. That defensive line is really, really good. When you know that a kid like Jalen Coleman in the open field could be something to stop, but if he never gets started, he just uh, is not going to hurt you. They did that to him all night long. you know they, they, he never got started. He, that when you can start putting your JB team in in the beginning of the third quarter, yet you're playing a program that is very good because Vanderbilt's going to be good, I'm telling you, when it's all said and done, that's something. So, yeah, I think we're looking at a team that has a great shot of making another run to be in a state championship game.
2: So let's have some fun. As I was debating this with a couple of my friends. I'm going to ask you the same question. I think we all assume that E.D. White's the best team locally. Who's the second best local team, Stan?
7: <laughs> oh,
12: you know, I, I, honestly, and this is probably a cop-out, I don't think we know that yet. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, obviously – if we consider assumption in our local area, you got to keep that eye out for assumption. Uh, I thought Terrebonne athletically was going to be really good, but after the game the other night, I think they have some things to prove, especially on the 5A level. Uh, I think maybe defensively because of what Lutcher did, but boy, that sure could be like a, a facade. Uh, maybe. Thibodeau is in there somewhere. Uh don't sell Vanderbilt short. They're going to be right there offensively, obviously with South Lafouche did the other night. So I don't I don't think we know. I do think we could probably say clear in a way that ED White is our best buy region team. If you want to throw Lutcher in there, I think Lutcher is probably uh, number 2. Uh, but if you don't throw Lutcher in there, I, you'd have to give me another 2 weeks this weekend and next weekend, and I can make an assessment on that a little better.
2: I agree 100%. It's wide open, and I think, you know, two through six, the gap between number two and number six is far closer than the gap between number one and number two, because I think E.D. White's well ahead of everyone else in the pack. Now, let's talk about LSU and the debacle that that was. The Tigers play poorly throughout most of Sunday's game. Quite frankly, at times in the third and fourth quarter, they should have been getting blown out, but Florida State just refused to separate and then LSU almost made them pay late. They turned on the Jets, played two-minute offense, scored three straight touchdown drives, um, and then missed the extra point at the end. What were your thoughts, man? Look, on the one hand, it's disappointing seeing the result. On the other hand, it's encouraging to see the fight. Because last year's team, quite frankly, would have given up and would have lost by 28 points. Uh, what were your thoughts as you were watching LSU fall flat out in the dome?
12: So I'm going to sort of backtrack a little bit because you know I put a lot of stock in this game and said LSU's got to win it. And that was for this season. It's not any kind of, you know, look at the entire, you know, coaching career of Brian Kelly at one game. I think he's going to be a good coach for LSU. I think he learned a lot about the lights going on and how his kids were going to respond. Because the fact is, and I don't know why, I don't have the answer to this, but I do know that for the last three years when LSU runs a team out there, they may look pretty in practice and they may look great in uniforms, but they're not, as a, as a whole, they're not gamers. I, I, I don't even know how to you know quantify that as far as they just, there's something a little missing, and I think he found that out on Sunday night. You could tell in his face on the sideline, like, wait a minute. This is not what we look like in practice. This is not what we do. And they did. And I think the kind of guy he is is the kind of guy who's going to straighten that all out. So from the opening kickoff till halftime, I sat there and I was like, oh, oh, this this is not good. This is not good at all. Obviously, the second half gives you a little cause for relief a little bit because you realize that they can do some things. And listen, if you're sitting over in Tallahassee right now, you're probably saying, give us a little respect, folks. I mean, we were the team that went out there and played well, so, so I sort of do. So I think everything we saw is correctable. I don't think you were overpowered in the game. And I think some of the mistakes were, like, really dumb. So I do think that you can fix some of those. Like, that the extra point in the field goal. I mean, when you first start playing Bantam League football, if you're going to try and kick an extra point, you teach the kids to block down. And I don't understand how any of that happened. But I don't think that he's the kind of guy who's going to let it happen again. I think they're going to learn from all of this, and they'll move forward. And I think it'll be good. I, I don't know that'll it be a great season this year, but I think it will be better the LSU in the long run. My heart goes out, obviously, to Mason Smith. Yep. That is tragic. That is, I can't even imagine when you work that hard to do that. I had somebody tell me yesterday, well, you know, that was silly to jump up and celebrate. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, he didn't do anything crazy when he was celebrating because listen you and i discussed some of those kids at lsu do some really stupid <laughs> stuff when they're down by farney right all he did was he's excited because he's the one who blew up that play by the way you know he's the one who caused that play to go the way it did so my heart goes out to that kid i think they're going to be deep enough to be okay there uh the things i just can't you know are the the things that. So I'm telling y'all the good things. I think they're going to be okay. But man, that offensive line ain't no good right now. No. I'm gonna tell you that 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 is the one place where I'm sitting there going, if you take away everything Daniels did, they didn't run the ball at all in that game. And you got to be able to run the ball. By the way, I did like Daniels. I, and I listen, you knew I was a critic of him just a little bit. But I thought if it wasn't for that guy, they're not even in the game. So I, I thought he did a good job.
2: You're right. I was about ready to ask you about that. You know, he was 26 of 35. bute alone contributed to three or four drops. So if you take those oh, away, you'd be looking at like 30 of 35. Don't
12: talk. I don't even want to talk about that guy right now. So let's keep going.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, he should have been like 30 of 35 passing with 100 yards rushing with no running game and no offensive line and was losing the whole game. I thought Daniels was terrific. And like you said, if not for his play, LSU would have gotten blown out.
12: No, and listen, his passing wasn't perfect, obviously. He overthrew some guys. There were a couple of things out there. But I'm okay with that. You're going to have those sometimes, and especially in his first game as a starter with LSU. You're going to have that. And especially what I saw from that one receiver you were talking about, it makes me wonder if some of those things were not even his fault because – sort of makes me wonder what kind of routes they were running sometimes. Sometimes we blame the quarterback for things the wide receivers do or we blame the wide receivers for things the quarterback do. In this particular case, I'd be curious to know who to blame on some of that. But, again, I I, I do think it's going to get better. Uh, Obviously, I'd feel really bad if I was a fan of Southern University because Southern's probably going to take the rat this Friday, (laughs) excuse me, weekend uh, on Saturday. And then we'll see what they do against Mississippi State. I actually watched Mississippi State play Memphis and Mississippi State can throw the ball oh, yeah. and they love and listen, not only do they throw it, they throw it in linebacker lanes, right? And LSU doesn't have any linebackers. No. Nope. So that's gonna be real interesting.
2: No doubt. Nichols also was a disappointment over the weekend. They just didn't play well. And look, I was watching Tim's postgame little interview and he said, Hey man, like I think we're still pretty good, but Boy, we sure didn't show it today. He was honest. He said they played like doo-doo, and, well, they did. They played like doo-doo. They got beat up by South Alabama.
12: Yeah, I just hope it's one of those cases. where And I think South Alabama's a little bit better than we were going to give them credit for. But I do hope that it's one of those cases where Nichols just sort of laid an egg, sort of like LSU, where it's correctable mistakes going forward. ULM is a team that we think they can play with next week. Those guys went out and got roughed up by Texas this past weekend. So uh, the, the best thing that happens is 24 hours later, you get ready for that next team and you give it a go there. And if the Colonels could come up and play well in that one, just like the Tigers, you know, they kind of blow Southern out of the stadium. We're, we're, we're going to forget about all, everything that happened this past weekend.
2: Mr. Gravois, thank you so much for the time, my friend. We'll chat again on Saturday, okay?
4: Thank you, sir.
12: Everybody have a great week. Rain, rain, stay away.
2: <laughs> yes, sir. Very well said. Take care, brother. All right. That is Stan Gravois with Terrible General doing a wonderful job. As always, let's catch a break, our final break. When we get back, I'll very quickly get you W's and L's. I'll maybe condense it a little bit, and then we'll get our betting picks, and then we'll get out of here on KLEB.
4: El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse, Highway 1 and Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials, Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland.
2: RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name? Same company. Learn more at letsrev.com
7: you can depend on a Mueller metal roof.
10: We were fortunate enough to be able to build a house on family land and we've really enjoyed being out here.
0: We couldn't ask for a better place to raise our boys.
10: Our home builder, I don't believe had ever had an experience with working with Mueller and had nothing but great things to say about the company, about the process.
7: Everybody was professional.
10: If anybody mentions the word metal, we say we know a guy and give them the phone number to Mueller.
7: Find out more at Muellerinc.com.
2: We thank Kyle Sang, Brian Colley, and Stan Gravois for their time. It's play-by-play here on Kaylee B. We're going to go through the betting picks very quickly. I like over seven runs in the Red Sox and the Rays, so that's over seven in Boston and Tampa. I like Toronto to win an even-money game against the Baltimore Orioles, and I like the St. Louis Cardinals to win and cover the run line minus one-and-a-half against the Nationals. Those are the three. Hope that we get some winners for you. Very quickly, the W's and the L's, then we'll get out of here. First weekend, W goes to Edie White. How could it not? They were so dominant on Saturday. They beat the TAR out of Vanderbilt 35 to nothing at halftime, then played their junior varsity most of the second half. And as Stan said, how impressive is it that you could play your younger players against a really good team and still not give up any offense? Or any, uh, any offense to the other team, rather get, not give up any points. Kudos to Kyle and his crew. They've got it rolling. Weekend L goes to the LSU football team. You've simply got to be better. You had too many chances to win the game. First off, you get outplayed at the beginning of the game and didn't deserve to even be close. Then when you get close, you fumble a punt. Get a miracle fumble recovery to get the ball back. Go 99 yards in less than a minute and then can't block a damn extra point. Something a high school team could do. Be better. LSU special teams was atrociously bad. Weekend W goes to the SEC. Georgia humiliates Oregon. Um, Florida defeats Utah. Everyone in the conference won except for LSU. Big wins, big meaty wins. The SEC is by far and away, again, the best conference in college football. Weekend L goes to the (laughs) Pac-12. The Pac-12 thinks that they're getting closer to the SEC. They're getting closer. They're, They're closing the gap is the phrase that we often hear Danny Cannell and Joel Klatt and all those other guys say, okay, bro, your number one team, Oregon, played the SEC's number two team and got destroyed. Your number two team, Utah, faced the SEC's like seventh or eighth team and got beat. The Pac-12 ain't nothing, y'all. Ain't nothing. They got humiliated over the weekend by the SEC. And all this idea of, oh, we're going to expand the playoff and give everybody a chance. Nah, bro. All you doing with an expanded playoff is guaranteeing that the SEC is going to win the championship every single season. Because 12 teams in the playoff means there's going to be three or four SEC teams every year. They're going to get into the bracket and they're all going to beat everyone else until they face one another. The SEC is going to win the national championship every single year. Weekend W goes to South Lafourche Volleyball. They finished uh, finished the assumption tournament 3-2. and two. They're 6-2 and two overall. Kudos to the ladies, man. Six and two overall. I I was at South LaVouche for three years from 2002 to 2005 or the 2002 school year to the 2004-05 school year, rather. Um, we might not have won six or seven games the whole time I was there. Um, it was a struggle. There was coaching in place. Coach Seminole did a wonderful job, but the players just didn't play year round like they do now. Now the girls are playing all year round. And it's showing, and they've got a great team. Weekend L goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame loses to Ohio State. Notre Dame had chances, man. They had chances. That's why I give them an L, because I know they were supposed to get blown out, and they didn't. But they had chances to really win that football game. They were winning 10-7 at halftime and were controlling play in the third quarter even, and then the wheels just fell off the bus late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. The Irish had opportunities and they're going to regret letting that one slip away. Weekend W goes to Anthony Richardson. Kid from Florida's a mule, man. He could run. He could throw. He was making play after play after play late in their win against Utah. I, If you want to bet on something that's long odds, bet on that kid to win the Heisman Trophy right now. He's probably like 20 or 25 to 1 odds. If Florida has a good season, he's going to be in position, especially if the voters get – bored and don't want to just pick Bryce Young again he's got a great shot. Weekend L goes to Tony Khan. AEW had their latest pay-per-view. I don't know if it was a good show or not. I don't watch AEW but after the show they have to do these little well they don't have to they choose to do these little media scrums and CM Punk just went crazy like outing the Young Bucks and outing Colt Cabana and saying that the EVPs in AEW couldn't run a target and just on and on going into business for himself should have been released, quite frankly, after the comments that he made. Tony Khan doesn't have the spine to do that. It was just a weird, weird set of circumstances. There's so much internal drama there. Hey, by the way, by the way, when this company started from the get go, from the first week they did TV, I said, Hey, I ain't impressed. This ain't nothing special. And I got ridiculed and lambasted. Oh, man, you're a hater. How could, how could you not say that this is the greatest thing ever? 18 months to two years later, look who's, look who's right. That company was always a circus. You're just choosing to have your eyes open to it now because WWE is doing things differently, and it's making you realize that what's on the other channel isn't actually good. It just was better than the alternative at the time, something which you guys were bored with, which was a stale product. WWE is far outshining those guys. Internally, AEW is a mess, and within... 18 months to two more years, they may not even exist any further. Weekend W goes to Maddox Commerdale of South LaFouche High School. He had three interceptions, including an interception in return for a touchdown in the Tarpons' win over St. Edmund. Congratulations, Maddox. And if not for playing in prevent at the end of the game with a big lead, he actually would have had a fourth interception because a long pass at the end of the game actually fell at his feet. He almost picked off a fourth one. And a weekend L goes to Mason Smith. Not for anything that Mason did wrong. Uh, We feel so desperately for him. But man, it just sucks when you, you have your season ended on the first quarter of the first game of the year, especially when you're poised to have a breakout year. Mason, we're praying for you. Get better, get stronger, come back next fall, and let's rock and roll. We want to thank everybody for listening to today's show. We're going to thank our sponsors one more time, the Blue Boot Foundation, Southland Dodge, and Homa Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs. Because power is our middle name. Do friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz off the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's markets feels like home. And Golden Motors where price is priority. Proudly supporting South LaFouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Join us Friday. South LaFouche varsity football coverage. pregame 6.30 kickoff 7 o'clock. South LaFouche traveling to take on Thibodeau High. Our broadcast will be sponsored by 3T Oil. Lady of the Sea General Hospital, State Bank and Trust Company, Advanced Eye Institute, State Form Agent Ashley Barrios, Danos, Golden Motors, Dufresne Building Materials, and Tanner McGee for Judge Court of Appeals, in addition to Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joseph De Contractors, Terrebonne General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafourche Bank, Rev, and Heather Hendricks, candidate for Lafouche Parish Judge Division A. And also a reminder, join us after the game is over for After the Lights presented by Grand Isle Shipyard. One of our top local supporters is GIS. GIS is a strategic energy partner with main headquarters located in Galliano. With over 20 locations and over 20 service offerings, GIS has expanded itself to provide their capabilities across the nation as well as globally. There are many opportunities available to join the GIS team. Visit their website, www.gisy.com. To learn about starting your career with GIS today. Thanks for listening to everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Wednesday means we've got our mailbag and everything in between. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day. Stay dry. Stay safe. God bless everybody. Adios.
0: You're listening to KLEB 1600 AM and K274 DE 102.7 FM Golden Meadow.